Daddy, this is crazy, man. You got everybody thinking that we're kissing sisters out. See, I mean, at this what, point, Danny, you're drunk. Like, you know how you know how everybody says when you it's when you tie, it's like a brother and sister kissing. Like, no, you never heard you that. Never heard that? Oh, you're a wild no. bro. That's the battered way of looking at things, though, right? Because we're the battered hair on speed. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the hair are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 53 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada, alongside me, pointing at the very ugly hat for those of you listening on audio, Mr. KBD himself, Chris Duran. How are you doing, sir? Hey, the fourth is with me, okay? The fourth is with you. I don't care about any of these Star Wars fans, but the fourth is definitely with me, so everybody can kick rocks. All right, so for obviously everybody has no idea what you're talking about. Tomorrow, Chris turns 40. Happy oh early God. birthday, Chris. Get it, Chris. What is that with you? Is that still loving? That is still loving. Is that Emerson Rodriguez making an appearance? Hopefully, he can come back from Mexico. <laughs> Hopefully we can get him back from Mexico. Happy early birthday, Chris! The big four zero. It's, 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 it's a big oh one. Oh my god! It's a it's a big one. I am not turning forty, but early thank you anyway. I'll take it. Yeah. Anyway, I can get it. The Knicks won yesterday, so that's a nice early, early present. There you go. All right. So uh, Richard Greenberg, go Leafs. Uh, yeah, that went really well for you yesterday, Richard. Uh, so. <laughs> Getting back to, to the the reason we're all here, we have a very special guest. Um, I was just actually listening to his podcast about an hour ago. Uh, one of the hosts of the Scarves and Spikes podcast. Yeah, Taylor Tolman on, a great guest today. He was lighting candles, giving away candles, and he is uh, Atlanta United FC aficionado. We have Mr. Tommy joining us right now where are you tommy i don't see you there you are what's, tommy. Up? what's going on tommy happy uh early birthday chris i thank i just you, turned 40 you. myself it's been nice. all downhill i got kidney stones <laughs> uh pulled my back out so it, it's all downhill from here baby well, Let's luckily, Danny is luckily Danny is an asshole to me sometimes <laughs> and i don't turn 40 for another two years but Oh, that's fine. Yeah, this guy's just uh, you're right around the corner. You're right there. Strings. I am around the corner. Yes, yes. All right. Um, I, actually, yeah. I had a question for you. I heard that once you hit 40 ish, is the first time you start sitting on your um, oh, right? on your bleeper bleep, right? right? You sit on them and you're like, oh, just turned 40. So I've heard that that's something to look forward to. I don't know if that's true. But that and a, and a special doctor's visit at the age of forty comes around too. Uh, yeah, I, I I did that. I'm I'm it's no okay. longer a virgin, so you know whatever. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Just so you feel a little better, my wife made me do it when I turned thirty. So okay, she, yeah, she she did uh, it or she did it no, or the no, doctor did it. <laughs> the doctor did it. Boom, oh, baby. Yeah, you know what? Thank you for clarifying that because that could have gone very poorly for me. I had to make sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. Actually, you probably saved me from a lot of banter. All right, so getting into this game on Saturday, we have Atlanta United FC, and we're going to talk a lot of soccer, a lot of Atlanta, a lot of Inter-Miami, but I think that it's impossible 
to start this and why even wait? Let's get on to the obvious elephant in the room. Your franchise legend and Deal. our disappointment so far. <laughs> and so far <laughs> this year, our disappointment, Mr. Joseph. Mar oh, oh, look at that. Look at that. He lit the, the Joseph Martinez candle. Now, real quick. Are you still a Joseph fan? So, yeah. I, well, you know, before we got started here, I was telling you guys, you know, Atlanta United was my first love of soccer. And, you know, I think that whenever you get into a sport, like you always remember that first player that like you fall in love with. Right. Yeah. Like for me, sure. football early was like, you know, Michael, Michael Vick. Vick was like a big one for me until he started killing dogs. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like that, that was like a big thing. But for, yeah, for soccer, it was Joseph Martinez and it's been a, a love hate relationship. And, you know, since we started doing our podcast and doing our spaces after games, it was, it's divided the fan base on what, what they were going to do with Joseph Martinez, because he, he's on fire. He takes us to MLS cup. He wins every possible award. Then he, next year, we were a penalty kick that he missed when he was hurt mm -hmm. uh, away from going back to MLS cup. And then he, he gets a, essentially what I thought was a career ending injury because he had like four different surgeries, four or five different surgeries. And he came back and he did okay, but always had ice on his leg after every single game. He knew it wasn't getting better and it just wasn't working out. He was getting fights with coaches. He, we had Heinze a few years ago says, Nope, Nope. It's me or him. They chose Joseph. Then the next guy comes in. And you got Pineda, and they get in a fight. He throws some chicken and rice on the ground, and next thing you know, he's with you guys. And Pineda's still around. Pineda's still there, and yeah, chicken yeah. and rice is fully safe. <laughs> so I, I guess I want to start off with um, we all try to make sense of his of his dipping performance, right? You kind of when he's a new player, you want to justify it. You kind of look at the numbers. You try to okay, he's still scoring once every two, three games, whatnot. You know. I think it was a one every game and a half, if you count the yeah. game started at least. So you try to do that, but you were obviously watching a lot closer than we were. How did he look that last year that he was with you? Did you think that, okay, this career can still be salvaged when you were watching him last year? There were moments, um, but as you got towards the middle of the season, it was just not looking good. There, there were times where they, it was definitely, he should have been making some runs wasn't running after the ball. I don't even know if he could run. And then there were times where he was supposed to be passing the ball forward and he was passing it backwards. And it seemed like a confidence issue, hundred uh, percent as you go there. And, you know, he, he's, he's admitted that he's been out of shape for, for a couple of years. And, you know, he really enjoyed himself, you know, when he didn't have that in when he had the injury and he was out, like you see him, he's on boats and he's eaten. And I remember when they did the, when he came back, they did the Jersey reveal and he said, Oh, this, this Jersey snug on me. Like, I was like, that's yeah. not what you want to hear, man. <laughs> and, you know, now he's got, he had a baby in the off season. And like, I know that, that the baby was premature. So I know he's got a lot going on, but I, I, most fans, if you're not thinking with your heart, and I would say about 50 to 60% of the fan base was, you, you always kind of thought he's going to bring, he's going to be back any minute. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. And they made the right decision. I think of, of, of just moving on using that buyout, which we were hoping that somehow we could get something from you guys and, and make the move, but it, it, it didn't, it wasn't realistic. We, we got rid of him for nothing, but we, we moved on and we, we ended up bringing on a really good striker to replace. Well, him. 
And I can't for, how do you pronounce? I'm sorry, Chris. How do you pronounce that name? Giacomacus. 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 Yeah, because he's he was he ended up being quite the replacement. Like he's done a lot better than Joseph has this year for sure. A goal well, for Cam guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and the one thing that I was going to mention, which which Matthew got to it in the chat, he's a not Joseph is a non DP. We had to take it low for risk, sure. high reward. So for us, because Atlanta, Atlanta still paying some of that contract. Yeah, it was a yeah. no-brainer for us, basically, no? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%. Like, why not take him on? You know, like, I, 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 I'm I, not sure if he was a TAM player or GAM player or whatever it is. I'm not sure exactly, you know, the, the whole contract with it. But... I'm still trying to figure out those GAMs and TAMs, so. Yeah, right. So and, like, it, it's it's worth it. And they, they I think it's a one-year contract. I think he was, like, wasn't he pushing for two? Um, yeah, he, so, got, he got one. Right. So, I mean, that's that's absolutely fine. Like, take him on and just see what happens. And if it works, great. If not, then move on. No risk, no foul. And for Atlanta, like, people talk about contracts and saying, well, you're, you're not getting anything from them. Like, you're Arthur Blank. Like, you, you've been paying Matt Ryan and Julio Jones for yeah, years, and they haven't yeah, been playing exactly. for you. Yeah. With, with way, way cheaper contract. The Falcons are making you plenty of money. I'm sure you could dish it up. And, and home people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, obviously, you had the changeover with Joseph leaving. You got the new striker. How has Atlanta looked up until now? Like, were you expecting a good year? Or, like, have they overperformed, underperformed? So, two parts. I, I think the, the early part of the season, they overperformed. They had a couple yes. of games where they scored really late. Uh, the home opener I was, in, I was in town for and, you know, Almada scores two goals, you know, and, and stoppage, which was insane. Was it, it, probably the, the greatest sports moment I've ever been at. Like it was just live. The crowd was just dead. It's home opener. The team sucked the entire game. And then all of a sudden you just get two bangers within mm -hmm. like five minutes. And it, it was, it was something, but you know, they, they start the season early. They, they end up going, I think undefeated in four or five, and you're like, okay, this is great. But you go back and you look at them. You played Charlotte. Charlotte was absolutely terrible to begin the year. You played a Portland Timbers team that had like five guys out. Um, but then they had a, a really nice performance against the Red Bulls. And it was like, okay, like this is playing the Red Bulls is is always going to be just a battle, right? Like you're, yeah. And usually Atlanta United teams, they, they've never beat the Red Bulls in the regular season. They only beat them in the playoffs the year that we won at Mills Cup. So they, they really the came out. And, and, and I'm sorry? But the Red yeah, Bulls, the Red Bulls kind of sucked this year, yeah. I mean, in right. terms of the team, I imagine that, look, playing against the Rebels typically is always uh, a pretty feisty match. So I kind of get what you're saying, Tommy. And uh, But Danny's Danny's got some some right on his side. They, they've been kind of sucking this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, and hundred um, percent. But like, just the physicality of, of what the Red Bulls play, and like Atlanta United hasn't had a bite to them since the MLS Cup, you know, and, and year after like that. They, they've gone extremely small, and they don't have that guy to really rough people up. And yeah, Yakamakis, you know, despite him, you know, being a nine, he he's he's physical. He's a very physical player, and he brings a bite to the team. And I think he's one yellow card away from suspension, and he didn't even start the season with this team. So I mean that that tells you something uh, about him and then they have another uh player franco ibarra in the midfield who's who's also very physical and 
got a red card and has been kicked out of a game. But like, that's something that's been missing from this team is, is just a little bit of bite to them and, and they seem to have it. But back to your question, um, it, it's been kind of a tale of two halves. We are, we're already at a U.S. Open Cup. Like they lost to Memphis and a well, pathetic yeah. performance. That that's what I wanted to get to next. So no, please don't. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because well, because on this show we've gone back and forth about you losing and winning and beating USL teams. So we've had our own debates over the last week and a half or so about this. So you guys lost to Memphis. Now I didn't watch that game. Was it like uh, you guys got dominated by the USL side? Or was it just a late goal? Like how did that go? Because when I saw that you guys got eliminated by Memphis, I was like, Jesus Christ. It was bad. So, so you go back to the the Sunday before. You know, we're, we're playing on Sunday instead of Saturday. They play Chicago. Mm-hmm. Should have should have beat them easy. They end up tying the game like in the 88th minute, and we end up winning Ooh. on like another 96 minute random corner kick that goes in off of one of their players' butt. And it's like, okay, cool. And then their guys were their guys were exhausted, and they thought that they'd be able to start some young players and be able to get away with it. They go up one nothing, and you're like, okay. They dominated after it was one nothing. So like, basically, for eighty-seven minutes, they outshot them. It was something ridiculous. Um, and then they end up getting a PK, tie the game, score an extra time. It's over. Mm. And it it was a pathetic performance. And Pineda, the coach, you know, called them out and said we want a better performance. They go on to Nashville the, the next, you know, this past weekend, and it was. It you was don't have Yakamakis, right? And like this is the problem with Atlanta United. Since Joseph Martinez gotten hurt, they have not had a striker that's done anything. Like they've tried to replace him, and like obviously it's all backup guys because you thought Joseph was going to come back and be right. Joseph, and they've never had anybody. And Yakamakis is the only guy that has been able to score in that position. It's it's been a jinxed position before that. But I, I knew that like this this Nashville game. I was telling uh, them I I threw a hundred dollars on Nashville on Saturday when I saw the lineup. Wow. I was like Yakamakis isn't playing, throwing a hundred bucks on it, and easy money, baby. So you, you threw $100 on them because you thought that Atlanta couldn't score or because you knew that Nashville was going to put up some points on you? Well, because basically, I, I knew they, they couldn't score. Yeah, basically, Yakamakis wasn't going to be playing. So you said, you know what? This game is toast. Might as well right, throw yeah, a but, ski note but, on it. Well, I don't know if Atlanta is that type of team that could grind out, uh, uh, you know, park the bus and then hope for a counter. Like, that's not, that's not the team that you have. Like, how are not you anymore. defensively? How are you defensively? It, Miles Robinson is probably one of the best center backs in the league. I mean, he is. Hands I mean, down. He, he's Hands absolutely down. fantastic. And mm-hmm. um, your backs are, are okay. Um, but the midfield's a disaster right now. Like um, there's basically one pairing that you could, you can, you could put together. Um, and it's Omar Sadage and Frank. Sosa. I brought, no, Sosa's terrible. Um, I know, but he's playing yeah, every he, week. So he, he has, uh, well, because Ibarra got a red card and then got hurt. Um, so, so they've been kind of resting him and Ibarra ended up playing over 90 minutes in the open cup game. So that's why I didn't play this weekend. So if you told me, you know, this weekend, like Yakamakis, which they, they posted pictures today that he's in training. So that, that might be a good sign. At least he's going to play. But if you see Sadage and Ibarra, I'm going to say there's a good chance that this team can win. You, you give me any other combination of that midfield. You guys got it. Well, and Matthew's bringing up two disaster midfields. I mean, this game <laughs> sounds like it's going to be a complete disaster. Yeah, our midfield has been very bad this year also. But with back to this Nashville game, you guys, it looked like we, when we were talking on Monday on our show, 
we had somebody bring up the fact that Nashville kind of won their game against Atlanta the way we beat Columbus. We weren't necessarily overly impressive. We just we got two goals and then we just defended for our life. We threw like 15 bodies in the box and we just said good luck scoring. And that's basically what we did the whole second half. And they were telling us in the chat that that's what Nashville did with Atlanta. Now, I watched the highlights. I watched the recap, the seven-minute recap. You can't really tell the full game off of that. How yeah. was that game played out? How did that game play out? So Atlanta got down, you know, halfway or close to the end of the first half. And it was off a set piece. Just terrible defending. And then after that, they really didn't get many scoring chances. Um, again, because... It's they started Machop Chol, who usually plays on the left at at, at striker, striker because mm-hmm. I mean they they just had to try something. Uh, Miguel Barry, who was with the with the crew, and then eventually uh, DC, we got him from. He he's been starting um, at striker when Yakamakis is, and he hasn't done anything. He's been just basically invisible out there. So they were trying something different, and it it didn't end up working. But um, they ended up countering. Um, and ended up, you know, putting it away at three to one. Well, and here we have, you know, Matthew chiming in also saying Nashville style defend with seven, attack with two. So, I mean, I guess we were very similar in that sense in the last game, Danny, where we just kind of attacked, like you said, got our goals and then just hunkered down in the in the defensive side. Well, I have a feeling that Inter Miami might resort to that because I, I don't know how well you you've you know, Inter Miami ball with Phil Neville. But last year, there was what they considered Neville ball, which at the beginning of the year, everybody said, oh, it's Neville ball. We're just being overly defensive and just hoping for a counter at some point, a set-piece goal off a header across, and then just defend for your life. And then everybody was really annoyed because they thought it was boring. We got Pozuelo in the summer. We started life attacking changed more. for us. And yes. Then this year, they considered it Neville ball when he was attacking too much. We were playing with... <laughs> Our, our fullbacks were playing like wingbacks. They were constantly up, and we get, kept getting it beaten on the counter. And then they called that Neville ball. And I think that he's realized now that we don't have the players necessary to constantly attack. He wanted to go out and play with two, two uh, strikers, with Joseph and with Campana. That I mean, he hasn't even had a chance to try it, but he just gave up on that. And I think that that's what we're going to see from now on. I think we're going to see a very boring... Manchester United back when Van Gaal was running them, parked the bus, tried to score off of a set piece or a counter, long balls. It's going to be really boring, but we might grind out some wins. And I think that that's what we're going to be counting and seeing on from now on. And the reason I bring this up is because it sounds like Nashville had success against you guys playing that type of game. So that gives me some hope that maybe we can have some success in that way also. I mean, Atlanta was in in their defensive and most of the first half um Atlanta, they, they just couldn't create any chances and what what you're bringing up is uh frank de ball as well you know that was the, the coach that replaced <laughs> tata martino yeah and it was it was some of the most you know again new soccer fan right only a couple years in and you're watching the this the style and it's just attacking non-stop you're winning games by three four goals every night and then you go into this this new coach that comes in and he's trying to teach them defense right uh, it's the, the plot of Mighty Ducks three, and he ends <laughs> up, uh, you know, they're they're playing defensively, and and the fans are bored though. They're winning every game one nothing. Like they had a streak, like they had their longest um, goalless streak, you know, in in their franchise, 
and they're winning. You know, Joseph Joseph basically goes on a tear, like on a 13-game, 14-game tear. He's scoring every game. Like, he's every game, he's scoring the goals, and they're winning. But the fans are getting restless, you know, and eventually it was not going to work. You can't just do that forever. And Frank DeBoer basically got pushed out. And mm. part of that, I think, was Joseph, too. And, and Neville, killer. when he started uh, this season, well, he wanted he wanted to play out the back, right? So we were playing out the back. You want to play possession ball, you know, short passes, work your way up the field and create something. And that was working great until we got to the final third. We just couldn't finish. We couldn't create because we had no 10. We had we didn't have a playmaker. So to me, well, I personally think that because of what worked last week against Columbus when nobody gave us a chance to win, but there were no short passes. It was long passes, and then just give Columbus the ball and let them try to break us down, and we'll catch them on the counter or on a set piece, which is how we won. We, we won on a, a quick buildup up the left flank, across to Kramashi. He headed it to Campana, and he nutmegged the goalie, and then a set piece goal. And after that, we just buckled down and played. I mean, Campana was essentially playing a, a CDM role because he was so far back defending that it's like... We were on a six-game losing streak. We had to do whatever possible to finally get that win. So I, I respect it, but I really think that we're going to get a really boring brand of, of ball coming up soon. Can well, you bring and, that comment back up you just had? I'm sorry. With this no, one no. right here? You, oh, yeah. You can't trash talk the Mighty Ducks, man. That, that's my childhood. Oh, yeah. All <laughs> right. Go on. I just, I just had to call perfect. that out. Just had, just had is, to call it out. That is also my childhood. So, you, oh, yeah, Mr. Krabs, let's calm it down. All right. <laughs> I played some hockey in my day too, and I and I uh, and Mighty Ducks is the only reason I played that. Weren't sport. you a goon? Uh, yes, I was a goon. Yes, I was the right <laughs> defender in 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 street hockey. Yeah. You're um, a bash brother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas just mentioned uh, Mota might not also uh, play also on Saturday. By the way, so I guess we're not going to have an eight either, Danny. So uh, our whole midfield is. Oh my goodness. Matthew with the worst comment of What's all the time. Ducks? This guy, all right. Just so you have some some backstory here, Tommy. Uh, Matthew has has been listening for a while, and he's part of the community. He's like seven years old, I think. So <laughs> he has no idea what the Mighty Ducks is. They just uh, rebooted with, it on Disney Plus, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Get, yeah. Once this that is over, is. load up. I, I know it's going to be late. And it's bedtime, but let's let's <laughs> sneak it, sneak down, load up Disney, start Mighty Ducks one, and then you got a whole TV series afterwards. Uh, and uh, which I have to catch the TV series. But before you get to your point, Danny, good. now that we're be, before we get off of the topic of of transition players from Atlanta to Miami, and and just by the way, uh, when you guys are playing Nashville, there's no way you're getting more than one goal past that mustache, Joe Willis. Okay, that guy. I wish he was our goalie. Uh, but thankfully, we, we have about, Drake, man. Well, all right. Yeah, but he, Drake doesn't have that mustache, right? But he's still a great goalie. He is a great goalie. Don't just disrespect Drake. So I'm not disrespecting him. Don't I disrespect just think that he'd card. be nicer with the stash. Um, uh, to, but talking about goalies, right? We had Clement Diop on our team many moons ago. And he's been on sort of a tour here in the MLS and landed in Atlanta recently, and he's played the last two games in between the sticks, and uh, and and it's unfortunate that you guys have lost the last two games. How does the fan base feel about Clement Diop? I know that it's not something we were going to talk about, Danny, but 
that's got to be interesting. Oh, no, the goalie position is, is super crucial. 100%. So you, you start with, you start Brad Guzan and he comes back from that injury. Personally thought his career was over just considering his age and where he is. And I'm older than Brad Guzan. So it's still gross <laughs> saying that, but like he, you know, he's 38 and you just figure that's done at that time. He ends up, you know, coming back and he's, and he's doing a good job and then he gets hurt. And then they had uh, Clinton Westberg of Toronto fame who looks like the biggest villain, like diehard villain that you could find. Yes. He comes in and he does okay. Uh, and then he gets hurt. So Diop comes in and he, he did. I mean, that game that he came in against Chicago uh, had to make a couple big saves. And then with Memphis, honestly, guys, it, they probably should have lost to Memphis four to one. Like that's, Ooh, that's how bad it was. Like wow. Diop was, was just um, amazing. And that's when the fan base fell in love with them. Wow. They hated the, the rest of the team. Uh, and, and shout out the MVP of that game was actually they gave Brad Guzan the, the Twitter handle. And if you go back and just view some of like Brad Guzan on Twitter, just learning, like someone said, Brad's cooking. He just kept tweeting. Can someone please explain to me what cooking means? <laughs> Best part of that game, because the rest of the game sucked. But yeah, Dia, I, I, I don't know if you've seen like I found out on Twitter, like he's like we the fan base is calling him the drip God because this guy's got some outfits, man. He has got some amazing outfits uh, that, that he wears, you know, going into the game. And like, I can't even explain like what, what these outfits are, but look it up. It's great. But he, he's, he's been fine. Um, more than fine. I think he's, he's great at, at uh, moving the ball out there. Brad Guzan, if, if he had it, he would just boot the ball out 30 yards yeah. out of bounds there. So he, he's done a fantastic job. And honestly, I, I was hoping that he was going to get the job when Brad went down and oh. they ended up giving Westberg it. And, there's a there's a very good chance next year Brad Guzan retires or his contract just expires and they move on from him. Westberg, I don't see being. I I could see Diop being a, a possible starter going into this team next year. That's nice. Wow. I'm, that's actually a very surprising answer, Tommy. I didn't expect that in no way, shape, or form. Especially that he's been on the MLS tour the last couple weeks. I figured, oh man, this is not going to be a good look. I mean, I'm I'm obviously looking at it from a statistical standpoint, right? Two losses, yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, Diop is is a bag of bricks, right? But uh, but but that's great that you you've you caught on to that, and the fan base loves him. That's incredible. Well, we have the most expensive backup goalkeeper in the league, oh, in, yeah. uh, in Marsman. So if you want him, also you can take him. We have the most expensive starter. I, I'm pretty sure that Brad Guzan is still the highest paid keeper in the, in the league, but I, I, he took a pay cut. But he he's he's definitely up there. But at least he was your starter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you brought up that uh, a little while ago. Now I don't know if you've heard mm -hmm. that Phil Neville's seat might be getting a little warm, a little, a little warm. And there's a lot of people saying that maybe we looking at Tata Martino. Now, how do you feel about Tata coming back? Do you think that he could bring Joseph back to life if it would have happened during the season? And, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like the link – he left because he had an opportunity in Mexico. Like, other than that, he said he enjoyed the MLS, did he not? He did. Um, one of the other reasons why he left is he had some – it came out later that he had some battles with the front office. Um, Tata Martino is, is probably one of the most knowledgeable – um managers that have come to mls like he had a binder that he brought in when he did his interview and said i've got these list of players here's what i want to bring in miguel almarone was was one of those was guys but that worked he, out. he came in 
And right. And he, he's very knowledgeable. And like you see other like managers that come in like that Frank DeBoer um, and Heinze, like they didn't know much about MLS, didn't understand the rules, nothing. Front office, Carlos Bocanegra, he he runs his own world. He makes his own decisions. He didn't want Ezekiel Barco and they ended up signing him anyways. And Tata was right. Barco's been very mediocre in MLS. He's not here anymore. And, um, you know, he, he also wasn't a big fan of bringing in Pity Martinez. Now, Pity Martinez would have worked under Tata Martino 100%. But Frank DeBoer and Boring Ball, that's that's not going to work. He, but Wasn't he, like, the player, the best player in South America at some point? He was. He was coming off South American Player of the Year um, when he came in. So, uh, Tata's great. And, you know, he, he's a very stubborn coach. Um, and what I mean by that is, is he sticks to things and he refuses to move on with them. Like he, he'll run your starting lineup into the ground. He doesn't like, you know, bringing other players in just plays consistent lineups. And that's why he never did well in, uh, the open cup because he just, he just was, was very stubborn on that. And the, the year they, they actually ended up winning um, MLS cup. He, he finally was like, I'm going to change things up. Like it's not working. And all of a sudden he just started countering like Lenny Knight was always on the front foot. He went to the playoffs and said, no, you know what? We're going to give you the ball. We're going to counter. We got the fast guys for this and we're going to score. And then, and that's how we won the championship. And I, I like Tata and I, I, I hope that he comes back a hundred percent. Now, I don't know if there's anything to save Joseph Martinez. And like, I, I it, it pains me to say that because he's my favorite guy, but I've watched him since he's come back from this injury and Yes, he has moments of brilliance. His last goal for Atlanta United uh, was a bicycle kick. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, like absolutely great. But, you know, he's even if he's getting the service and he wasn't getting service uh, at all with Atlanta. But even when he does, he, he just constantly seemed like he was questioning if he was doing the right thing. Like and he just he didn't have that offensive mind anymore. And I hope it gets fixed. But I still think Atlanta made the, the right decision here. That's actually right. interesting. So moving on. Almada. Ooh, baby. One, how really good is he? How good is he really? Jesus. Two, is he going to be here past the summer? <laughs> I mean, I, uh, there's people in the chat that don't think so. I mean, that's the brutal part about having a star in MLS. 100%. So, I mean, if, if people don't know the Almada story, he was wanted by some very big clubs, Manchester United, Man City. Um, I think Tottenham was was in on him. And then there were some stories that were coming out about potential, uh, about a party. And there was a woman and really bad stuff. And all these teams said, nope, I don't Forget want him anymore. And Atlanta went out there and did their research. They took, they from what they said, they took their Falcons background check people out there and they looked into it and it was really supposedly the coach that really did all these things Ooh. and atlanta united won the lottery i mean you you get a guy like he's still one of the highest paid transfers ever right yeah. but you got a guy that should never have been really in mls to begin with he didn't want to be here but it was time to it, it was that lottery ticket like you're, he's going to come in here and if he absolutely dominates we're going to cash this in if it goes wrong 
you're really going to push this fan base out because the fan base didn't really welcome him with open arms. I'd say about 30% were just oh. constantly posting all the stories about everything that happened in Argentina. Oh, well, and it's all the people... juicy content. They love it. Yeah. But like, that's the thing about Argentina though. Like the news there is just very sketchy, right? Like you yeah. don't know what's real and what's not. And people just see headlines and he's a big player out there and they knew he was the future, the young Messi, as they called him. And you just didn't really know what was going on. Then he comes in and he starts balling, right? Like the first season was okay. Um, and then, you know, he goes to the world cup and he comes in this year and he comes in with newfound confidence, you know, like, like I mentioned first game scores, two goals and uh, the, the opener. And then what's he do the next week he ends up scoring another crazy uh, free kick. And that's, that's what Almada is. He, he's smart. He makes everybody better around him. Just perfect passing. When he needs to shoot, he shoots. And I, I think he's still in the top of the league, you know, in, in total of goals and assists combined. So he, he is that guy. I, I if, if he stayed here all year, I could see him being MLS MVP. MVP. Yeah, I would assume so. 100%. But, no, you know, there's already rumors about Napoli. Um, but... You know, there's going to be more. A hundred percent, I think there's going to be more teams coming in here. And uh, he wants to go. And the front office, you know, Garth Lagerway says, you know, we're, we want to build this team around him. There's just no chance. I, I, I think that he he's definitely gone. And this is um, it's unfortunate because this is the only DP that has really worked out in years for Atlanta Ooh. United. Besides, until Yakamakis came in, right? And well, and Don Cafecito just mentions Inter needs to play you know, defense to neutralize Almada like they did to the Columbus midfield. I mean, I don't know how we're going to do that, but we'll, we'll have to park the that. bus. We're yeah. Park the basically. bus. Just, it's going to be, it's going to be a bore fest. Force, force other people to make plays instead of him. So now we're talking about tactics and whatnot. Let's get into Atlanta. What kind of formation do they run out there on every Saturday night? So usually a four, two, three, one. Okay. Um, I've noticed that, and it's been a couple different strikers at the top every every couple games. Yeah, well, it's because Yakimakis has been out. Like that's that's yeah. been the problem. Like he's been having some hamstring issues. Um, every game he's All basically when he's when he's left, he he holds he's he's holding on to it. Um, and they gave him an entire week off, so he didn't play in the Open Cup. He didn't play against Nashville. Um, that they're he was practicing on his own. I think today was the first time he was full at practice. So um, Atlanta United had a lot of injury issues last year. So they have definitely been being careful with players. So I, I'm not sure, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's Wednesday now. We'll see what they say tomorrow. If, if they think he's going to be able to start or not. Well, and, and you mentioned Yakamakis, And I think that we kind of faced the same sort of deal with Campana uh our you know starting striker went out um and, and basically we had to hope that joseph was back in form back in shape which we figured out pretty quickly that he's just not there yet and then we have a very 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 young uh striker behind him which you know he he was serviceable every Borgelin. game or yeah with Borgelin. um so for us, your your Yakamakas is our campana. So I I mean I could see that the alternating striker position has been pretty rough to deal with. The for difference sure. is that they, they don't they don't count on him as much as we count on Campana because they have Almara behind them. So they still have somebody that can create. We have nobody. Nobody. Well, 
and and so you guys typically run the 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 four two three one. But now talking a little bit about the team, what's what do you see as the biggest weakness of of Atlanta United? The midfield, one hundred percent. Like that's they've got one good combination, and that's if it if they don't use it, that they're not going to win. It's it's going to look yeah. sloppy. And that's that's the Seda Jibara combination. Like they started Josetu and um, Sosa, and it, it's just not working. And I think Sosa could be a very valuable player at, on another team, but with Atlanta United, it's just it's not set up for success. And he was one of the guys that was personally recruited by Heinze. And after he left, he really just kind of seemed like it, his it went downhill. He he was very sad that he left. And I, I think that he just needs to go find himself the right place. So if I'm looking in this, in the summer transfer window, I, I'm looking at, at him moving out along with probably Almada. I was looking at, uh, you know, some overall stats and I saw that you guys have allowed the third most goals in the league. So, I mean, there's going to be opportunities there if we take advantage and play well, because you guys have given up 16 goals in 10 games. So, I mean, there's there's opportunity there. I just don't know. Is it because you get caught on the counter, or is it just that your defense just has lapses in, I guess, in in playing? I mean, look so at the last Matthew. couple. Yeah, look at Matthew underage drinking. What if Joseph scored a hat trick? Go ahead, Tommy. Sorry about that. Well, Atlanta United fans since since the schedule came out said, "Oh, great, Joseph's going to score a hat trick." I was like, "Everybody's just expecting this. Like everybody's just expecting Joseph we to go off here." Play right. <laughs> Uh, well, we were just talking to Taylor Twelman, and Twelman said like he personally picked this game to announce because he wanted to see what happened with Joseph and Atlanta United, mm. and it's it's going to be interesting. I think personally that you know because I don't even think he appeared in in uh, the Columbus game, right? Nope. First game that he doesn't play at all. There's a hundred percent he plays. Like I I have zero I doubt think, that Joseph I think Martinez so also. plays. I, I I see him as a substitute later on. But like I, I feel like the anger of like he he has some anger, man, and I, I think that that that's gonna definitely will him to a goal. I predicted one one uh, on our show, and and Joseph being the one that that scores that goal because that's just Joseph's good at that. I you know what I mean? I know I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I, I really think that he's gonna start. I think he's gonna start, and I think we might finally finally see that four four two, especially if Mota's out. I think we finally see that four four two diamond, and we finally get our campana Joseph up top. I really do think that there's a that's possibility. That's what we've been waiting there. for this whole time. I mean, that's that was the craze all preseason. Like, oh, this four four two diamond, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great with Joseph uh, running in behind the defense, campana feeding him the ball, and blah blah blah. And we still haven't seen it because campana was injured, and when campana finally came back, Joseph was playing like such crap that they just benched them. So it's unfortunate we haven't had a chance to see it yet. Yeah. So moving off the weakness, the strength, what is, do you think is the biggest strength of your Atlanta team that we should be worried about? I like that pause. That means that's not <laughs> I, I sound like a broken record though, but it's, it's Almada. Yeah. It's Almada okay. and his creativity. Um, mm -hmm. You know, our, our left side is, is really good. Um, you know, we have uh, Andrew Gutman and Caleb Wiley, you know, Caleb Wiley, if you don't know that name, you need to start getting used to it. If you're a U.S. soccer fan, he's going to be the future of U.S. soccer. Um, this kid came in, scored it, uh, in his first MLS game, ends up scoring a goal. Um, he played a lot more last year than he was supposed to because of injuries. 
And, you know, he started off as a left back, but now he's playing up front uh, on the left. And, you know, Gutman and him just kind of interact. And, and it's beautiful. It's just beautiful soccer when, when you see these two, that they're in sync. And then you go to the right side. And, and the, the right side is just the absolute worst. Brooks Lennon is, is I like Brooks Lennon. And he creates a lot of opportunities. I hate the stat chances created because it. If you look at it, you could think that this guy's like an all star. The the crosses that he brings in aren't fantastic. But Luis Arruju, and if anyone's watching from our side, we there's a lot of Arruju slander out there. But it's it's needed because the guy the guy is just not it. Um, he he's one of the highest MLS transfers that came in. He came in the first quarter of the season, uh, the last quarter of the season two years ago, was was on fire. I think scored like four goals, super fast. Since then, he's been complete trash. Um, he, he's got to get he's got to get moved out. He's he's one of the worst DPs ever. Like you're going to see this, and I want you to pay attention. If he does play, there's been some rumors that possibly that he they might sit him. But if Arujo plays, oh Bruno, what's up, Bruno? Yeah, there. <laughs> I, I lost it. On our, <laughs> I, I lost it on her show because one of the other co-hosts said Arouge is getting a hat trick, and I we I stopped the show for about a good thirty seconds just laughing nonstop <laughs> uh, because because they they said that um, he he just gives the ball away like he just it's like somebody playing FIFA like drunk and you're like all right I'm just gonna run through this guy and I'm gonna score a goal and every time you do it what happens you give the ball away and that's what happens and that's Luis Arouge summed up drunk. FIFA playing. Oh yeah. I can just run past this guy every single time. No, it doesn't happen at all. All right. So defensively on, on, on that, that same side, how are you guys? Cause we build up mostly like you up the left side. We with, with uh, Negri and depending if Stefanelli's playing or Pizarro, they usually drop off to the left and they kind of do overlapping runs. Like that's where we are. Our best is attacking on the left side. How is your right side of the defense? Brooks Lennon, it, it can be pretty solid. Um, he'll, okay. he'll get burned on occasion. The one good thing that uh, Aruju does do is when he does give the ball away, uh, he is able to track back because track back. of his speed and get and get and get and recover. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's one thing that he can do when he gives up, but um, it's it's still it's it's not pretty. Now you're gonna notice that we do this what we call cross and pray. Because our offense is basically played up the, the flanks of the wings with Negri, our left back, or Yerlin, our right back, and just cross it and hope that Campana connects with his head. That's how we scored last week. And, um, well, it was a set piece. But th- and that's, more that's, so that's, with Negri than with Yedlin. Yes, uh, and more, more, more from the left side. Now, yeah. what's unfortunate is that I was looking it up, and I have this thing where I like to look up what teams are best at winning-headed duels. We, for a long stretch, were the worst. We are now second worst. Orlando is now the worst. We, we're connected on like, we went like 40% or something like that. <laughs> Atlanta is second best at winning heading duels. So I don't know if the cross and pray is going to work very well this week because if we're just hoping and praying that we win off of a header, it might not work that well because apparently you guys defend that very well. So it's unfortunate because our cross and pray is what we go for. Well, I hope you're not praying very hard this weekend. <laughs> it's going to be a bad time. That's for sure. That Miles Robinson is, is really good at that. Like it is oh. especially really good at 
um, winning those. Oh, he, and I think he could dunk off on a 12, 12 foot rim. Probably like, he gets up there. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. He, he's good. It makes me nervous. Cause he's still, you know, he, he's coming off of uh, a season ending injury, but the guy, the guy plays extremely well. And it looks like, said, like see him go. Bruno surprised that you said something positive about Arujo. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I, so, so you're a, you're a, you're a Arujo hater. Okay. Now well, I have yeah. to look forward for and uh, no, other people are slamming him in the chat too. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's not just coming from you, Tommy. I mean, it's a DP league, right? And like, if your DPs don't perform, then you know you you've got to move on. And we basically are gonna at the end of this year be on two years and in, in a quarter of just mediocrity. And um, there were rumors at the beginning in, in the preseason that they were potentially there were teams that were interested in them, and I was all for moving them out. And like. You got a you got a new president that came in. You know, I mentioned earlier Garth Lagerway from Seattle. Yeah. I would love to give him an opportunity to say, "Almada's gone, Arujo's has gone. Go get yourself two DPS that you want to build around Yakamakis." And I think that that's how you get back to being, you know, Atlanta United. Well, you're gonna get plenty of money for Almada, that's for sure. Hundred um, percent. I I saw that comment that you put up there, Chris, about how that's classic Neville ball, the the cross and pray. I honest well, yes, that's still gonna be offensively, but I do yeah. think tactically we are changing. We're we're not gonna be playing those that possession, keep possession, short passes. I think that's gone. I yeah. think you're gonna see Drake just launching the ball, long balls, hope that you win it, and if you don't, just track back and play defense anyway. I I, I think that we are in for some really really boring games coming up, but we might be able to grind out some wins because in the beginning of last year. That's what we were doing. And yeah. we, were, we were staying afloat with Campana scoring goals for us, like kind of like what Tommy described Atlanta doing a couple of years ago, where they were playing that boring brand of ball, but Joseph was scoring once a game. And you would win yeah. those 1-0 games. I think that's what we're going to be trying to do from now on. I think we're going to try to grind out these very low-scoring, close 1-0 uh, wins. We, we just get that first goal and just park the bus. And it's going to be boring, but if it brings some wins, I guess it's better than that six-game losing streak that we were just on. So... We'll see what happens. Yeah, counterattacking. Yeah, Steve mentions counterattacking yeah, football. Danny, that's the new. Th that's the way. That that that's what it's going to be. That's that's basically what it's going to be. Uh, all right. So if we're trying to find some optimism, a reason to drop a hundred bucks on the game, kind of like you did with the Nashville game, what is a reason for Miami to feel optimistic outside of the whole Joseph getting revenge? Yakamakis not playing. Yakamakis doesn't play. You guys win. Absolutely, hundred percent. Um, the midfield, I mean, we've talked lengths about that. Um, I, I do think that, I, I hope, and our, our coach, I think, is possibly on uh, the hot seat as well, just because you got a, a new president that comes in that maybe wants to bring his own hire, even though the yeah. guy came from Seattle as well. Um, but I, I think that they that he's on the hot seat. But I think that he is probably going to be smart enough to make the right midfield change here. But, again, this team doesn't have consistency scoring from anyone um, at that position, you do get the occasional amount of goals, like you say. Like, I mean, th those those happen. And Caleb Wiley ha has scored a few goals, um, but everything else is just it's it's not really there. So, um, if Yakamakis doesn't start, I, I would you know say that you're you're favored heavily. All right, so let's pray that Yakamaka doesn't play. All right, <laughs> All right so, he's a beast. Uh... He, I mean, this, this no, guy's a beast. Like, it, you're going to see him. Five goals in the first five games, was it? 
Yeah, I mean, he's he scored in every start. I think five straight games, every start that he has. He's like one goal away from like Taylor Twelman's record of like starting off with the team and, and scoring in every single start. Um, but he's physical and he's he knows how to get open and 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 that's huge. And you'll see him as well. Like he'll track back and he'll he'll get the ball back. So he's a complete player. All right. Well, I think it's prediction time. Now I know Tommy yes. kind of he did it just an hour ago, but just to have it on the record here on the battered herons, prediction time, Tommy. What are you thinking? And just so you know, we are one of only two teams that have never drawn this year. So we either win or lose. That's just how we do. Well, you're gonna and break that. You think you're so? gonna break that? <laughs> I I think it's gonna be a one-one draw. Uh, and, and just to make it crazy, I thought I I on our show I said. Uh, and I thought something different, but I said that Joseph's going to come in. He's going to score a goal late. It's going to be one nothing. Yakamakis is going to come in also late off the bench, and he's going to score to tie the game. And it's just you got that narrative like the former, the former star against the you know the current star, and they both score a goal. Originally, I was going to say it was the opposite way. Yakamakis was going well, to score, say, and Joseph was going to do it. It would be a yes. lot more dramatic for Joseph to have that exclamation point at the end for sure. Because that would be 100%. the first goal. That would be the first goal all year. First goal into Miami. So we're going Joseph Brace. Chris, is that what you're going to say? Joseph Brace, and he finally gets those 100 goals? I do think. At, he's been at 98 since before the season. I remember I thought to myself, I was like, man, I hope he does that in the first two home games because I'm going to hate if he does it on the third game because it's on the road and I'm going to miss it. We're now in May. He still hasn't scored a single goal. Well, think, I think this is going to be like Disney writing on the wall here. Like, if there's any Mighty time Ducks. to get the Mighty Ducks. Goals, yeah. Mighty, <laughs> Mighty Ducks. Exactly. Matt, Full yes, circle. Matthew, get on it. Uh, I think that this is Disney writing on the wall. I think, especially coming home, uh, I think that it's going to be three to one that Inter-Miami takes the game. Uh, I think that this could be the game that Joseph does get at least one goal, right? I think he's got to get one to hit the back of the net. What uh, do you think, Danny? Well, before I say uh, my uh, prediction, I-, I wanted to address Bruno's question here, which I think is a great question. Ooh. Will Joseph celebrate if he scores? Now, I honestly believe if this was in Atlanta and he mm-hmm. scored, I don't think he celebrates. Because it's in Miami and it would be his first goal all year, yeah. yeah. I think he celebrates. I think he celebrates if he's in front of the supporter section. He runs up to them. I a hundred percent. I think he celebrates if he scores in Miami this weekend, his first goal. But if it was in Atlanta, I think he might not. What do you think, Tommy? I agree. Uh, you know, he he's had his different celebrations throughout the years, uh, but usually it's kneeling to the the crowd, and I, I could see him doing that because, like you said, like it's it's been a rough go for him. And you know, I know he scored for Venezuela. Venezuela, well, you yeah. know that that and that was a nice goal too. Like that was. that was that that was that was nice. But I, I I think he deserves it. And like I I don't think Atlanta fans would even be upset because I think everybody knows he's had he's had a tough run. But he's gonna have many more chances because I think the draw for uh, was was a little bit rigged there for this summer tournament where somehow <laughs> Miami and Atlanta are, are brought back together for yeah, ratings purposes. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean Yosef might see the field in those because he's not getting that much run in the regular season. Yeah. Um 
Everybody's I, I, starting to think it's 2-2 here, Danny. I, I'd like to know what you're going to predict here because we got Tommy saying 1-1. I'm, I'm going off the walls with 3-1. And, and everybody else is thinking it's 2-2. Well, actually, I think this is a perfect time to ask Tommy something, actually. Tommy, now that everybody's predicting a draw, you included, I need to go back to uh, our intro. I don't know if you heard our intro, but Chris has this thing where he seems to think that kissing sisters means a draw. Now, have you heard this? Oh, but look at at how you're setting it up, my guy. But (laughs) go ahead, Tommy. I know what your answer is going to be, Tommy. Let's go. Dan, have you never watched Ted Lasso? I, I love Ted Lasso. Is that where Chris got it from? Well, no. it, they say in the they say in the first episode. I think he says, "Oh, I forgot you all got ties out uh, here. Uh, a tie out here is like kissing your sister." But I, I, they used you to know, say that in hockey too, all the time. Like, uh, I mean, I've never I, heard I, this. What, what 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 is this? Listen, you know, I don't have a don't... sister, so I'm not insecure about this. So I, I'm okay. <laughs> well, stepsister, stepsister. Oh my God! Now it's just getting weird. Okay, now <laughs> well, here's the I'm thing. gonna change the intro because apparently I'm the you one are. that didn't hear about this. This intro, new intro next week because correct. Uh, no, you I, have I've, to. I've because... lost this. I've lost this horrible. So, You're welcome, so Chris. The... You're welcome. Oh, I mean, look, Tommy. Here's the deal, right? You know sports. I know sports. This guy, Danny. I don't know what he does with his life. Get him out of here. Okay. I, this was the comparison. I I called it. I said. When you tie, you kiss your sister. That's just like, that's, I had actually looked it up. That originated like in 1842 or something like that. But that's when it was so, still legal to marry your sister. Like, come on. I mean, whatever. That, that, has, to, that has to go away by now. Nobody's using so, that stuff. So, wait, Chris. Uh, wait, wait, Chris. Yeah. Hold, stop one second. So when you Google kissing your sister, what type of things came up? <laughs> Everybody was clowning on me, thinking that my search history. They were asking me for my search history. I was gonna, put, I was just gonna put a screenshot of it. It was well, scary times. I'm promising everybody, <laughs> new intro coming on Monday because yeah, because you're the only, system. you're the only weirdo, Danny, that has no idea me, about that analogy. Me, me and Lucas are the only ones, apparently. Uh, let me tell you, Lucas. Let, let's be real. When it happened, the chat was with me when it happened live. Then all of a sudden, everybody started crossing over. Every guest that I asked, they all sided with you. So whatever. I'll take the L. I, I appreciate that. And, and thank you, Bruno, with the very common sense uh, comment. This is, that's what everybody was saying when he first said it. Listen, I, 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 have a, not... I have a little video on Instagram if you want to watch with the Sweet Home Alabama in the background while he's saying this. So. Oh, I, I thought uh, you were going to say kissing your sister. On oh, <laughs> look at this guy. No. I didn't know where you were going with this. No, 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 no. Greenberg, well, it, you cannot it. marry your sister in Florida. I don't no, know where no. you can marry your sister, but well, I Greenberg do not from... recommend marrying your sister. Greenberg lives in Canada, so he doesn't know how things work in the United States. No, you, you cannot marry your, your siblings down here. <laughs> can you in Canada? Right. I, maybe. I don't know. He's I mean, a Canada... any, any, Anything's possible. All right. So, <laughs> prediction. All right. Um, I honestly think as... as I, I've been really hard on this team the last couple of weeks. I've been really hard on Phil Neville. Uh, I, I think Phil Neville isn't that guy anymore. I think that they need a new voice. But while he's here, I do think that the whole playing the counterattack, parking the bus, and just praying to get a goal off of a set piece or on a counter, I think it can work. He proved that it worked last year. Do I think it's great soccer? No. Is it going to be boring as heck? Yes. But I do think that with Campana back, there's a possibility that you make it work. Now, I am into Disney movies. I am into those 
uh, special endings. And I do believe that if Joseph gets on the field, he will score. I think that we win this this game, and I think that we win 2-0. I think that we win 2-0. I think that we get a first goal at some point off of a set piece or whatever it may be, and I think we park that bus, and I think Joseph comes on eventually, and something magical happens, and Joseph gets his first goal against Atlanta. I think it's just the writing's on the wall. Yes, and it's Disney writing. That's it. Love Disney. That's Flying V. That- yeah. Flying Joseph, <laughs> flying Joseph, or you do the the angels in the outfield uh, yes. wings. <laughs> All right, uh, and then we usually end it by asking, uh, "How is the game day experience at other fields?" Now, I've always wanted to go to Atlanta. One because you guys have the cheapest concessions in the country. Yeah. Two, the stadium is beautiful. And three, I love teams that have traditions and that 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 uh. That that nail or what is it that, that you guys spike. the golden spike I think it's really cool. So I've always wanted to go to an Atlanta, haven't been able to. How is the game day experience? Do you guys have a tailgate atmosphere? Is it bars? I know you, I know it's right next to um, the Atlanta Hawks Stadium, so I know it's like right in downtown. Like, how is the game day experience over there? So where where they tail? There's not a lot of like I mean, there's bars and walking distance, but it's nothing crazy. Uh, it's the tailgate, absolutely. Okay. So. Um, for years they were, they were tailgating at a, a place called the Gulch was like a parking lot, you know, real close. And it was, it was huge. Like, you know, I, I, I you guys, I told you guys earlier, I'm actually from Cleveland and the Cleveland Browns, you know, they have a big tailgating area for, for their game. It, it doesn't even rival what, what Atlanta United was doing over Oops. there. It was just huge. It was especially the first couple of years when they were just on fire. Like it, it mm-hmm. was an, it was just a fun experience. You got all the supporters groups out there um just just so much fun and then they they've been closing all these lots down so they've been moving every single season from there but it's a good time um and then they've actually in the behind the stadium they have something called the home depot backyard which is more kind of like a family area so you can pay to go bring you know your car down there and people tailgate on their own um but it's it's a great time um usually you want to get down there about three hours four hours before and just start drinking that's that's i think that's the, the, the fun part and the stadiums gets really packed. You guys have the highest attendance in the league. Yeah, so it, uh, you know, well. they don't open it up all the way, like for every game. Okay. They do it usually for about four or five. Every time they do, you're usually getting around seventy thousand people um, in the stadium. So that that's that's always a ton of fun. And then before, other than that, I think that's like thirty five, forty thousand ish when they they tarp off the top. But it it's filled. It, it's a great time. Um, like you said, the beer's cheap, the food's cheap. Like I brought my kids to the home opener uh, last year, and like spending fifty bucks on you know food for everybody and, and some drinks that's that's not bad for four at that's all. A, that's a deal, deal. My my wife went. We we go to the games with our wives, and Chris and and my wife went off, and they bought two. I think it was like margaritas or something. Fifty yeah. bucks. Yeah. Fifty bucks for two drinks. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's really. This crazy. is why this is why you have to get drunk outside. Um. <laughs> so that's a good question. Uh, you got a good question about turf there. Yeah, I was, was going to uh, bring that up. Uh-huh. So, yeah, players. So I don't know if players have complained. And I see a follow-up question was Joseph injury on turf. Joseph actually got injured in Nashville. And let me tell you, that field was shitty. Uh, that was out in – that was the old Titans. They didn't move before mm. they moved into Giannis or whatever. That field yeah. was, was trashed that night. There was a couple uh, tackles where you saw the field come up. Like you knew it was a bad field. Mm. So that's, that's, that's where he tore it. 
Um, but there, there has been a lot of talks um, about that specifically. Brad Guzan, which was a, he just stepped backwards and he basically just tore his, you know, Achilles. Uh, but Miles Robinson did get hurt uh, yep. on the on on the field uh, on turf, and you know, th- there's always talks. Like I have a a, a friend that's a doctor here in, in Cleveland, and he's into uh, physical therapy. And we talked about turf and, you know, there's always going to be studies for everything. You know, there's going to be studies that say turf doesn't affect injuries. Some that do, you know, it's, it is what it is, but oh. Atlanta United's getting the world cup and they have to, they have to, uh, have grass. So they're going to be bringing grass in. Um, they're going to have to. So Atlanta United will be playing on grass probably for at least a couple months. Cause that's how long I think it takes for it to get up and go in there. And and this comment by Bruno is just everybody is is about to go look. Everybody's looking for tickets right now to wow. go watch the United game. Look, uh, look at this, Danny. I know, and I think we came there the whole week. family. No, it's it's insane. I know it, but that that's not just for Atlanta for the Hawks uh, for Hawks for the Falcons also. Yeah. Like that's what the Mercedes Benz is is known for across the country at least is for their cheap concessions. I don't know why other stadiums don't do it. You're going to sell more. Obviously, I mean, I guess you, if you sell for cheaper, like it's kind of like the Walmart method. So, um, well, I mean, I, look, I 20, 20 and $6, that is the cost of that margarita, which number one still doesn't fuck you up. And second, it's still 12 ounces. So it's a highway robbery. I mean, look at this, Bruno. You're just, you're just, <laughs> yeah, free set of repo. Look this guy's rubbing it in our it face at this point. He's just uh, rubbing it in our face. Free soda refills. Matthew's telling us that you know five fifty for a water bottle, and uh, and and here we are with Bruno introducing twelve ounce beers for six bucks. The only I mean, thing that we have going for us that maybe other stadiums don't is that we sell coffee. We sell yeah. coffee and, and and the cafecito. That's it. People go get yeah. their cafecito at halftime, and and that that's about it. Other than that. Our gay day experience. I mean, the tailgate's cool and everything. Yeah. But like, yeah. as far as like inside the stadium, it's nothing. It's really nothing. It's and a temporary stadium, but. And there's a couple. Co- the, yeah, go ahead, Tommy. Sorry about that. I was just gonna say, like, even during the Super Bowl, when when the Super Bowl was at Mercedes Benz, same prices. They didn't they didn't jack them up for the Super Bowl. That's that's awesome. <laughs> this guy, Steve, we paid twenty five cents to use the right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a grandma outside with a steel cup. Asking for a quarter before you take a whiz in the in the toilet. It's uh, fifty for a as two. As a matter of fact, it's Steve had a <laughs> ten cents. Ten cents to fart. As a matter. All right. Uh, Steve <laughs> asked the question earlier. What's your favorite food or dish? Just in general. Just in yep. general. That that that's the go to Steve Munoz question usually. Yes, it is. It's a good well, one. I'm Italian, though. so I, I, I'm. Uh, you know, big lasagna guy. Uh, mm. But when I'm watching games and I'm under the influence of things, uh, I am I am well known in this in the city that I live in by the outback that when I'm under the influence, I will order a blooming onion oh. for a game, and it's the Ooh. only thing that I get. And I will they they know me over there because they took it off the the Uber Eats menu once because they said it was getting too soggy, and I got it back on the menu, guys. This was like the biggest thing that I've ever done. In my life, <laughs> I, I I reinstated the Bloomin' Onions in Strongsville, Ohio. So you, you, 
if that's on my grave, that's that's more than enough. That, so. You won. You won. That's it. Exactly. That's, that's more than I've ever done. I promise you. <laughs> I, I I love blooming onions. So just that you did that, you you won a place in my heart. Okay. Awesome. Are you tra- you're not traveling down for the game this weekend? No, no. Uh, but I, I'm gonna be trying to get back at least a couple times. Usually, I try to make a weekend out of it um, when the Falcons are playing. So I'll, okay. I'll fly down. Land United on Saturday, Falcons on Sunday, be hungover and fly home on Monday. Nice. So what one thing, one more thing before we get you out of here. Do you if any of you guys have any questions, chime in right uh, now before we close yeah. out the show. But go ahead, Danny, before I No, no, no. I, I I know where you're going. Go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, we we got everybody's waiting for me to ask the question, right? Oh man, I'm <laughs> nervous now. Making sure that I don't forget the toast, the toast question. Okay. Yes. And I, it somehow I don't became a staple. For... We've been trying to get rid of it, but everybody, they, they, <laughs> they need episode. to know. And, and you know what? One thing that I got to give credit to all these guys is that we get different answers very unexpectedly. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Look, <laughs> look at Bruno before we get to the toast. <laughs> yeah. Well, bring up Steve's question because, like, I didn't know if I could like actually like bring that up, but like that's yeah. the un- influence that I was talking about there when I get a blooming onion. Oh, but yeah. Steve, but Steve, but you're that, on point there. But that's not in the stance. I mean, that's in my that's in my my living oh, room. Because that's why because because Steve means that in our stands it gets a little wilder. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I gotta come hang out in your guys' stands. <laughs> All right, Tommy. So check this out. We're just gonna blast it right here. Boom. Oh God. There it is. Oh, you got this five is easy, choices. Man. You got five choices on the steak. You got six choices on the toast. Let's find out if you are, in fact, a serial killer or not. So oh, okay. Shit. Oh, serial killer. Oh man, I don't even know where this is going. Uh, but two for the steak. Okay. Um, that three or four is is my. I'm lazy. I was going to go four, but I'm too lazy and I'm hungry. So I usually go with three because I, I don't want to wait the extra 30 seconds for it to cook a little bit more. So what's your opinion on the toast with one and six? What are what are your opinions on those? I mean, one is bread and six is dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah. Six, we had, six. We had somebody that actually chose six and that just blew our minds. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, have you had anybody pick the whatever the lat the, like the the super well done? Yes, him. Yeah, it was him. Number six. He picked. He chose uh, six had, and six. We had a guy six, that or picked. six and five. No, six and five. Six and five. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. Six and yes. and he's Italian. Yes. He on Twitter. Go find him. His name is Italy Jet. It, it's it's we it, mind blown. Yes. Mind blown. And then we have somebody else that picked number two, right? I mean, we're talking about sitting it over a candle for 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my, what, my second greatest accomplishment of all time was I, I was a server for, for a few years out of college. And this guy came to me and he ordered prime rib. Like we had famous prime rib at our place. And he goes, I want it well done. And I'm like, come on, guy. Like, we, we can't do this. And I offered him. I said, if you, I, I go, I'm not even going to go void it. I'm going to give you. It was like a two or three, I think, probably three. And I said, if you don't like it, I will pay. I will give you cash. I will hand you cash in hand if you don't like it. Guy, I bring the steak out. He's looking at it. the whole family's looking at him like he's actually going to eat this. And he ate it. <laughs> Guy came back every week and got it medium. 
Look Ooh, at that. Nice. I changed his life, guys. That, I changed not, his not, life. Not all heroes wear capes. They, exactly. they wear the, the A on the chest. I, I, I Look at this guy. This guy, Tommy, is the real deal. Oh, before before we go, actually, I had a question. What are what do the five stripes represent? Shit. I don't even okay. know, really, to be honest. I never looked into okay. it that much. Okay. Because you know, I know it's I know community is one of them. Um, but yeah, I don't have them on me. Okay. Bruno's I still thought it was here. Like, he might he know. might know him. I thought it was like the five neighborhoods or communities or something. I don't know. No, it's like the five things that they stand for. Um, ah, okay, I, got you. Okay, like okay. unity, so, community, blah 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 blah. Equality. Whatever. Okay, got it. Okay, okay. Nice. I, I, was, I wasn't yeah. sure. Do you Basically, ever look at logos and like see hidden things in logos? Like that's like a spike. These are like spikes that are put in here. Like, oh, okay. So, I like, see that. have you ever had those moments? Like, when, when you look at like a thing, like there was one day my buddy who got me in the Falcons was like. You know that's an F, right? <laughs> and it blew his mind. It blew his absolute mind when he found out that the Falcons logo was an F. Like it, you it know was I, one I, of the greatest moments ever. I have to look at, at the Falcon logos, but I was laughing at Hazel's comment. Uh, Five free refills is what it stands for. <laughs> uh, Bruno's got it there. Thank you. I, I, I got one right. I'm one for one. Yeah, oh, unity, a... excellence, community. For those of you listening on audio, unity, excellence, community, determination, and innovation. Yeah, those, that's that sounds what the five like. Strips. Okay, that I mean, sounds it's, like... it's cool. Every that jersey like that they have has card. Nice. <laughs> it has it has five stripes. That, that's like their thing. So I was just curious. Best chip club. In Atlanta for lemon and pepper chicken wings. I mean, that, that that's well, pretty. That's pretty down to the needle there, Richard Greenberg. I mean, what if I don't like lemon and pepper chicken wings, right? What if I just want some old school barbecue <laughs> and five right. free Bud Light refills? Yeah, Danny, no, let's no, close no this way. out. No, no way. It's called Magic City, guys. It's it's he he's specifically talking about Magic City. Of course, that's where uh, was it was it uh, Nick Young got got uh they they saw that he was like. At the strip club, like during a playoff series or something. Uh, was something. it Lou Williams? Lou Williams. Oh, Lou Williams. It was Lou Williams. Not it was Lou Williams because yeah, he back came yet. back to Atlanta. It was called the Lemon yeah. Pepper Special. Le Lemon yep. Pepper Lou was was the thing uh, <laughs> there, and Atlanta United actually got in trouble because when they won MLS Cup, they took it to Magic City, and there was pictures. I got a sticker somewhere of the in here. Cup in they, there? No, there, there was a girl like twerking on the cup. Hey! Oh, Joseph was in that picture for sure. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, but like <laughs> yeah. the whole team was at Magic City just partying up that night. I threw up in my hotel room that night, but it was a good time. Must be nice, man. One day I, I hope to, to live that. All right, Tommy. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. Uh, yes, if you for sure. That's where our, our trophy is going to go to Tootsies right after the game, for sure. Uh, we appreciate that you. That sounds like a strip club. Dollars. That sounds like a dirty oh. strip club. Tootsies? Oh, it is. It is. It's two, two floors. It's a two-floor oh. strip club. It's oh, no, it's fancy. Not, yeah, it's actually no, it's not, not dirty, fancy. dirty, but yes, it is. No, I always say it's the, fancy. Yeah, it's one but, of the more promiscuous ones. All right. Uh, again, Tommy, we appreciate you taking the time to join us and talking some ATL soccer with us. Where can the people find you if they choose to follow more Atlanta soccer talk? And just Tommy, because yeah. he's a superhero. He introduced a grown man to medium steak and offered to buy it if he ain't like it. If that's not a hero, I don't know what is. Go follow yeah. Tommy. Where can we find you, Tommy? Yeah. 
uh, Tommy ATL 96. Uh, and then our podcast scarves and spikes you guys want to check out, uh, our recording. It just came up. We talked to Taylor Twelman, uh, and he talks a lot about Joseph Martinez. So I would highly recommend you check it out, uh, because he is, he loves this storyline this weekend and he's, he's, uh, commentating the game. So I'm, I'm sure there's going to be, if you're choosing which audio to pick, I know you guys get the home option with Apple. I would listen to Taylor Twelman because I think he's going to have a lot to say about Joseph Martinez. Yeah, no, I, I was listening to, to that part of the episode also. It, it is a good listen. Go listen to that. And also, let me do a, a quick plug for uh, our friend doing the Miami Fusion podcast. He just dropped an episode today with Gabe Garber, and it was a really fun episode with some fun stories. He had a story about Pio Valderrama when he first arrived in the airport. He had a story about back when security was minimal, how a supporter got into the press box after a loss and, well, you have to listen. It was an awesome story. So definitely go check that out also. Chris, anything else for the people before we head out? I don't know about you guys, but I'm waiting for a win this Saturday, not only from Inner Miami, but from these guys right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So prepare yourselves. Just prepare yourself. And it's my this birthday guy. tomorrow. So, like, fuck you guys, right? Like, whatever. <laughs> 45, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just about. 48. If you see if you see Chris on Saturday, go ahead, give him a happy birthday. And you saw Phil Neville break it breaking it down there on the screen also, because you know that Phil Neville and Chris are boys. He won't admit it, but Phil Neville's passing him the check. That's why he defends him every every week. Yes. All right. So, again, we appreciate you guys in the chat for joining us, making the show fun, and sticking with us to the end. If you're listening on audio, we appreciate you also. If you want to check out the YouTube videos, you can find those battered hair on audio, Spotify, Apple, all that other good stuff. Twitter, Instagram, and I think that's it. OnlyFans? No. Yes. I mean, with Chris and his kissing sisters, who knows? all right well we appreciate you guys and we'll catch you on monday when we recap a win over atlanta united catch you guys next week